Welcome to episode 98 of Sharing Life Lessons. This is season 10. We are one spirit, one soul, one world. And together, we are creating a library of stories and life lessons. I am your host, Hamida, and I want to bring you stories. Because stories matter, stories inspire, stories teach, and stories heal. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said yesterday on Monday, May 30th, that his government is introducing new legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership to prevent people from buying and selling handguns anywhere in the country. He said, we need only to look south of the border to know that if we do not take action firmly and rapidly, it gets worse and worse. This happened yesterday. Let's talk about New Zealand. Prime Minister Jacinda succeeded in banning firearms in just 19 days. Just 19 days. After a rare shooting in a church in 2019 that killed 50 people and injured dozens more. She said, we had the potential for unanimous support from lawmakers to ban semi-automatic military-style weapons and assault rifles. That's why we did it. However, it was the New Zealand public who set expectations first and foremost. I'm sure you already know what this episode is about. Yes, it is dedicated to the 21 people gunned down a week ago in a primary school in Uvalde, Texas, on May 24th. When we heard about the news of the merciless massacre of the 19 primary school students and two teachers at Robb Elementary School in Texas, like everyone else, we were hurt and angry. I asked in my group chat of 30 friends, what is it that we can do individually or as a group? There must be something that we can do collectively to stop this multitudes of innocent people being shot to death by teenagers who have no right to own firearms and should not be able to walk in on their 18th birthday and legally buy an AR-15 style firearm. I heard, pin, drop, silence. Not one of them, each accomplished in their own way, had a clue. This is the very group who went out of their way to help senior citizens or anyone who needed their first COVID shot and could not find a place to get it. Remember the time when nobody could get any availability to reserve a spot to get their first dose due to shortage of vaccines? Well, some people in this group stayed up late at night because it was easier to make reservations for vaccines at around 2 a.m. This couple stayed up till 2 a.m. making reservations. They even drove folks there to get their shots. Some others sent food and thank you notes to doctors and nurses on the front line. Some others volunteered at vaccination centers. And some others, who are doctors, kept checking on those with COVID and giving them sane advice. And yet others joined the BLM march and Women's March against the new state laws against abortion and the threat of Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade, yelling, till they had no voice left. The hardest decision of my life is not yours. What happened to this very group, who are resourceful people with a warm and giving heart, and who always want to be there to help anyone who needs the help? Why is it that besides expressing anger and frustration in the group chat, they were all at a loss of ideas of what we could do to help stop this madness? Here is my take on it. 
When it comes to these useless shootings, our hearts bleed for the victims and their families. But besides feeling the feeling, we are all at a loss as to what it is that we can do that will move the needle. Some say, don't vote and bring back into power those politicians who are against gun control and are getting massive amounts of funds from the NRA. But what if you live in a state where our elected leaders are already in favor of gun control? What else can we do? If you are asking this question to yourself, then stay with me to the very end. I decided to do what I do best. I decided to dedicate this episode to the victims, their families, and to all of us who are angry and frustrated with how every day of an occurrence this is becoming. This episode is dedicated to you, my listeners, because we are all grieving over this issue alongside the victims' families. So let's grieve together. We are already getting bombarded by the media with facts about the shooting. I don't want to add to what the media is trying to feed us. Because we are hearing equally opposing news from the likes of Fox News and CNN. And then we hear President Biden almost choking with sadness on national television, pleading for the senators to come together in a bipartisan manner and do something so that not one other life is senselessly lost. But then... You hear ex-President Trump show up for the NRA summit the very next day of the massacre and say, this is the very reason why we need to put firearms in the hands of the innocent so they can protect themselves from the killers. In effect, he is saying, let's put firearms in the hands of killers and more firearms in hands of those who want to protect themselves from the killers, which is, let's flush this country with firearms and let the two sides fight it out. Again, equally opposing viewpoints to confuse further the already angry and confused innocent people like you, like me. While on the topic of mixed and confusing messages, on the one hand, we are told by many states and now the Supreme Court looking to overturn Roe v.ersus Wade that abortion should be illegal because it is killing a human being, that is, the fetus. But on the other hand, the same members of our country's governing bodies will not vote for gun control. Although, in the U.S., this is the 30th K-12 through school shooting this year. The 30th. The 30th. And this is the 212th mass shooting in the first 144 days of 2022, killing so many innocent people who have been murdered by gun violence in subways, in schools in grocery stores, in prayer places. Would that logically not mean that if the politicians ban abortion before they ban firearms, that they have lost their right to call themselves pro-life? To those who listen to my podcast regularly, you must know that this is not my normal format. Sharing Life Lessons has a consistent format. We have guests who tell their personal stories from their lives and then share life lessons from those events so that we can all learn from each other as one spirit, one soul, one world. So yes, I am deviating, but I can't think of a better reason to deviate. These are not normal times, and thus I don't want to continue doing what I normally do. As the saying goes, you can't get different results by doing things the same way. I have a platform. And I can use this platform to continue sharing knowledge, but also to share or rather 
co-share this grief that we are all experiencing about where this country is heading. I can't have all the answers because we all have to find our own answers, but surely I can share ideas. I came to this country in 1987 because this was a safe country. This was a promising country. This was a country that was moving in the right direction like no other country. And this was a country that promised us the American dream. We must be grateful that so many of us have achieved the American dream promised to us. But did we ever know that it would come at such a big cost? That our children would be growing up in this country surrounded by hate crimes and mass murders? That when our children are using subways to go from one place to another, we would be worried sick about whether they would get out of those subway stations alive? That when our spouses go to the grocery store, we worry not that they would not follow the grocery list to shop or forget that one item that was needed immediately for today's recipe, but rather fear that they would not return at all? And that when we go to pray in our respective churches or synagogues or mosques or temples, we would be so afraid that we will not leave the prayer hall alive? No, no, I am not painting a picture bleaker than reality. Those who know me personally will agree that I am a fun-loving, positive person. The class is almost always half full for me. But what is, is. If we don't start calling things the way they are, then we haven't even taken the first step. Yesterday, an EMT was interviewed by Evening News. He said that today's wounds take a new kind of training. Civilians and children are being trained to use bleeding kits. Mass murders have become so common that now killer kits and bleeding kits that were once only used in military hospitals are now part of EMS's standard first response kit and school's first aid kits. Had you ever imagined that we would be looking in the face of something like this any time in our lives? We all know this needs to stop. And it will. I want you to listen to Samarth, an 18-year-old, giving us a perspective of what the young minds are thinking and what they think needs to happen to stop this. Hi, I am Samarth and I am 18. And the issue of guns hits extremely close to home because just 16 minutes away from my high school, at another high school, the students were placed in lockdown for two whole hours because of a shooting threat. Since it is so easy to get guns in the United States of America, in the last decade, we have seen more than 3,500 mass shootings, which the most recent one being in Uvalde, Texas, where there were at least 21 people killed, including 19 innocent school children. And when it comes to what this says about U.S. gun control, we see that politicians continuously give their prayers, but never their policy, which then means that the U.S.'s current gun control cannot conquer the U.S. gun epidemic. In the past, the United States did have policy when it came to gun control. There was the Federal Assault Weapons Ban, which was in the 1990s, but that expired in 2004, 
And we know for a fact that that policy impacted the United States because after the policy expired, the frequency of mass shootings tripled. And when it came to Biden's official White House report after the shooting and even his speech, he talked a lot about prayers, prayers to the family. But there wasn't nearly enough talk about policy on how we can stop this from happening in the future. And as long as politicians continuously give their prayers and not their policies, we're going to see this problem persist. So guns are an issue close to home for me and many others in America's youth. And in order to solve this, we need politicians, not priests. Thank you, Samarth. Very, very well said. The quickest way to leave our children and the generations to follow a more peaceful world is with the right policy for gun control. So, dear politicians, your job is to come up with the right policy at the earliest. Leave the praying to us because, trust me, we are all doing just that. But, listeners, there is another way of getting to the senators to do what you wish them to do without any direct pressure. In the past two years, I have interviewed 96 guests for my podcast, and many of them agree that as much as on the one hand we are seeing proof in the physical space around us that we are heading the wrong way, at a more individual and metaphysical level, this world, but particularly America, is experiencing not only individual spiritual awakening, but many agree that mass consciousness is rising as well. Many more are beginning to realize that we are all interpersonally connected through our energies. Dr. Beatman, in his article about energy exchanges, said that interpersonal energy is distinct from nonverbal communications like facial expressions. Most people do not consciously register it but are nevertheless affected by it. The four basic responses to the energy of another person are either you feel energized around them or feel rattled or neutral or drained. Dr. Beatman asks, have you ever felt unusually energized around a certain person? I know I have. Do some people drain you? Try paying attention to the ebb and flow of these unseen vibrations in your social life. At a gathering, is there someone in the room who draws people to her like a warm fire on a cold day? Not primarily because of looks or conversation, but because of some energy vibrating positivity. If someone around you is emitting positive energy, you feel a good kind of feeling. And if someone is emitting negative energy, then you will feel the heaviness of it. That is because we are all connected. So how does that matter in this situation? What does that have to do with gun violence that we want to stop? Well, a lot. We can use our independent yet interconnected energy to influence the situation. Let's listen to Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. He said this right before the Warriors game, the very evening that the mass murder happened in the school in Texas. I'm not going to talk about basketball. Any basketball questions uh, don't matter. Since we left shoot around, 14 children were killed 400 miles from here and a, and a teacher. And in the last 10 days, we've had 
elderly black people killed in a supermarket in Buffalo. We've had Asian churchgoers killed in Southern California. And now we have children murdered at school. When are we going to do something? I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to, to the devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. There's 50 senators right now who refuse to vote on H.R. 8, which is a background check rule that the House passed a couple of years ago. It's been sitting there for two years. And there's a reason they won't vote on it, to hold on to power. So I ask you, Mitch McConnell, I ask all of you senators who refuse to do anything about the violence and school shootings and supermarket shootings, I ask you, are you going to put your own desire for power ahead of the lives of our children and our elderly and our churchgoers? Because that's what it looks like. I'm fed up. I've had enough. I want every person here, every person listening to this to think about your own child or grandchild or mother or father or sister, brother. How would you feel if this happened to you today? We can't get numb to this. We can't sit here and just read about it and go, well, let's have a moment of silence. Yeah, go Dubs, you know? Come on, Mavs, let's go. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go play a basketball game. And, and 50 senators in Washington are gonna hold us hostage do you realize that 90% of Americans, regardless of political party, want universal background check? 90% of us, we are being held hostage by 50 senators in Washington who refuse to even put it to a vote, despite what we, the American people, want. They won't vote on it because they want to hold on to their own power. It's pathetic. I've had enough. Need I say more? When I heard Steve, I was immediately connected with him through his energy and felt it affecting my state of mind. And I heard myself saying, enough. When are we going to do something about it? If all of us ask this question through our mass consciousness, then our collective energy will influence the 50 senators to become part of our mass consciousness. Too idealistic for you? What other choice do you have? And if you continue thinking the same way, like you always have been thinking, then you run the risk of things remaining the way that they always were. But if you believe that our energies can influence theirs, then it will. The word is believe. We can continue exchanging our good energy with others who will further exchange it with others. And this good energy, this positive energy will reach the politicians in DC. This is the time for change, individually and collectively, if we all want the same thing and we believe that things will change for the better, then change will happen. Remember, we are one spirit, one soul, one world. We are all interconnected through our energy. Good has always triumphed over evil and it will happen again. Can we together help this process along? Can we together believe? This brings us to the end of this episode. I will bring you the 99th episode of Sharing Life Lessons next week. Until then, be happy, be safe, 
and be blessed.